now tuned into the greatest. Dollars for uh, for 15 ounces of some Primo Primo Sukuchi soy sauce from Japan. Yeah. For that's okay, you know, like, that's okay though because it's non-perishable. So it's you know honestly you, you you're not going to waste one drop, which is which is okay. So you just need to inventory it. Just don't drop you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's that nets me 25 orders. You know. Mm. So it's just like. I have to buy more and just for, for soy sauce alone, it's like, I think it's like 20 cents onto the actual food cost of that. Yeah. Ah, okay. Soy sauce. That's all good. Yeah. And as far as the bottle is so like, do you, do you like bring in like the top, top, top quality stuff and you say like, it's from Japan or you just like, I'm actually all about local and that soy sauce was yeah. made in New Jersey. Right. So like, which, yeah. you know, which bottle do you pick? I want to pick something that I like. Yeah. I don't know which one that is yet. Yeah. It's all good. So what's up, Chef? How you doing, man? You got, I... Just fucking been very, very busy. But... And then uh, August been very, very slow. So, like, you know what I mean? It's oh, kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I it's weird it. because you just used to push through every day. And all of a sudden you're like, like, oh my God, I have nothing going on today. Like, is is everything Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you never never know where to how to be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I get you, man. I, I get it. Are you talking about as far as like uh chef goes or content creator goes? Yeah, like, I mean slow. like uh, well, I've literally not filmed a single thing um since before I left on vacation. So like I haven't filmed anything uh, from before August, but I had I had like forty five videos already like edited. So like oh. I had a huge yeah I had a library to sit on so I was not too stressed but yeah. uh, but I'm gonna have to like yeah like the, the, do, do, <laughs> do you um do you um edit your own videos like film and edit your yeah. own videos yeah. oh yeah bro it's yeah. it's tough man it's real listen I don't care what anybody says it's a fucking grind okay <laughs> that's why like I'm uh I'm in the process of changing uh, video editing um people and it's crazy because like. Over the last two years, or I, I, last year and a half, I should say, I've been training this editor to like get the videos exactly how I like, and we work yeah. together very well. And um, you know, I've run into so many issues. Not only are they trying to jack up the price with no added value, okay? They're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to switch you to this plan. We're not going to edit 4K, and we're going to do 1080 HP. And you know, and, I, and I'm just like, hey, listen, you know what? Like, I can't justify paying 150 dollars more a month. And you're gonna lower this. I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. I'm like, you need to have a yeah. better, a high tier, a high tier plan, a higher tier plan. Like, I don't mind paying, yeah. but you can't just ask me to like go from 4K footage to 1080 HP. Like, go fuck a yeah, dick. No. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> because it's funny. I had um, I had somebody in Germany message me, and he was just like, oh, can you put me in contact with your team for editing? <laughs> I was just like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, him. As as like really, I was like, you do everything yourself. I'm like, yeah, I do the cooking, the filming, the editing. I was like, but that yeah. takes you so much time. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. But again, like you said, like you need somebody that will edit the video exactly the way you want. And I'm yeah. a video creator the same way as I'm a chef. And then yep. it's going to be a nightmare. Because yeah. if it's not like absolute perfection, it's going to stress me out. Yeah, it's funny because uh, like I'm so the... The good th the good news is is it's funny because it's like you know for me I'm not like a stickler with as far as like video editing but with the YouTube videos it's very important to me because you know I'm trying to basically nobody knows this yet but I'm creating like 
a, um, you know, a series of culinary fundamentals, right? So that way when I'm in the kitchen, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to fucking talk to you about receiving dairy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're, you're going to watch this YouTube video and like, you're going to report back to me because like, I don't know about you, chef, but what I was thinking like the biggest waste of time in a kitchen is like the chef wasting time teaching elementary school basic shit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so what, what I've started on YouTube is it's crazy because like, I'm not even alive, man. Like, you know, building this restaurant here in Montana is like, you know, it's progressively moving pretty fast, you know? And it's like, for me, I'm like trying to lay down the foundation of like taking on a bunch, you know, when you're in a kitchen and you just you take on like too many projects, but you need the low, the lower yeah. wage, you know what I'm saying? Like you need the externs, you need, you know, like, dude, you need, you need them. But like, at the same time, it's like, you know, the reason why I want to take the, the YouTube editing serious is because I want it to be consistent across the board. But like for TikTok and IG, yeah. like I've just had a basic, you know, a basic, um, you know, want. And it's funny because like the videos that I edit it get seriously more views. Like they just do because I know how to edit to like yeah. keep engaged and like, well, yeah. right now, like right now, all views are down across TikTok because of like every, all the kids are back in school. But you know, for me, I never stop going. I just, I like, I keep it moving. And, uh, sure. I think what, yeah. yeah. And I think what's really important is, is like, you have to delegate out what you're, you don't like doing. And I don't like editing, man. I swear to God, I fucking hate it. Like I like creating the content, but man, there's nothing like uploading that fo footage to Google drive and sending the link to an editor and just, yeah, I you know what I'm saying? for sure. At the same time, like, and then that's the part that like breaks me is like, I would post a really high quality video on TikTok, and then he gets little to no views. And then I see like, yeah. I'm not going to name name, but like some, some dudes like dropping the shittiest video, like the worst editing, the worst filming shaky. Yeah. And then the guy's like 1.4 million followers. Right. And you're just yeah. like, how? <laughs> yeah. But, but that's why, that's why if you look at like the way TikTok is trending and Casey, this is, this is for you too, because you know, Casey, Ka mm. listen, uh, Casey is a, uh, you know, he is a seriously skilled video editor and also cinematographer. Okay. But you know, he posts, yeah. he posts uh shitty ass galaxy videos <laughs> like, with the selfie cam. Well, I'm, I'm sitting here shooting with the, with a big ass Sony camera with a fucking 24 70 millimeter lens. But I will admit it's like, I think what's important for a content creator and like for people like me and you, like, I, I don't know about you, but like, you know, it was just last year where I realized like, I don't want to be labeled an influencer. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't mind it, but like, you know, I'm a chef at heart and like, what I really want to do is, uh, the only thing missing in my career is, is literally like opening a restaurant. But, um, you know, like for me, I, I want, I know that it's really important and I know that, um, you know, being an influencer can, you know, it, listen, I've made a lot of money through sponsorship deals, man. Like, a, a ridiculous amount. Like if I would have known this, what I've known now, like, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, well, it will, it, social media wasn't really popping like 10, 15 years ago. But like, I, I try to tell all my chef friends, man, take advantage. Even if you have 10 K yeah, on Instagram or 10 K on TikTok, you, you can make money, you know, leveraging your post, man. And it's like, I really wish a lot of chefs would, um, you know, take, take it more into consideration. But, you know, for me, I want like the, the multiple streams of revenue, you know? And plus, well, I just the, enjoy the way to do it. Yeah, I just I mean, you enjoy. Have to, you have to multiply. 
Yeah, I, I just enjoy creating videos. You know what I mean? I, I'm, a, I'm more of a short-term video creator. But like, you know, it's funny because like I've always admired your your stuff because you're, you're a real chef. You know, you could tell like when people post videos and they're just like a home cook or, you know, or or I like I love these and I'm not mad at them. But like I love these people that just slam on a chef jacket and then, you know, and they're they're in their home kitchen and they just call themselves a chef. Like, I don't know about y'all. But I am never ever putting my chef jacket on at my house. Like, I make it's, it's no so f- it's so funny. Yeah. I, I did a quick video of being like, "There's actually two people here. Like, there's who you see, which is a content creator. Then I switched to my chef jacket. I was like, that's what I do the rest of the yeah. time. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, but like, yeah, yeah. Like I, again, we, we won't name name, but like these people that put on a jacket and they think that having a white song give them legitimacy. I'm like, yeah. no, man. It's like the yeah. way you cook that gives you legitimacy, right? Or yeah. you're, 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 yeah, your resume. You know what I mean, yeah, it's it's funny because uh, I uh, I don't know about you, KC, but like, you know, for me, I I, I want to support the young chef, the young creator, but like at the same time, like I just urge anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're out there and if you are not a chef, don't call yourself a fucking chef. Okay, it actually means something, and I think it's really, <laughs> I think it's really important, man. Like, you know, like I I don't hate on anybody trying to get the bag, but like. There was a creator out there who, um, you know, uh, you know, literally, um, and I'm not going to name her name, but like, you know, I was like, Hey, look, I love your videos. You know, you, you do a great job of explaining and like, you know, it's, it's awesome. But like at the end of the day, where did you work? What kitchen did you run? And it's like, people have this mindset of like, Oh, if I went to culinary school, that makes me a chef, you know? Yeah. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like dog anybody, but like, <laughs> dude, I, I'm telling you right now, like it's very important to me and it's very important to the chef world. Like I'm not telling you, you have to grind it out for 10 to 15 years, but just be able to back the shit up, right? Like if you want to call yourself yeah. a chef, that actually means something, you know what I'm saying? It means something to me and it means automatically you get that respect for me that you earned your stripes. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's funny because like I'll, I'll I don't want to get accused of gatekeeping. Like, like here's a good example, like uh, chef reactions, chef reactions. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to like connect with him, but I honestly like his videos and I love what he's doing, but little does he know, like he's not going to get anywhere with just doing duets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you get, you get nowhere, you get no sponsorships. It's not original content. You're pretty much yeah. piggybacking off of somebody else's content. And I learned this the hard way. I don't know if you, my first start was chef authorized, you know, like the duet chef authorized and my videos yeah. were blowing up. And listen, I, I had to make a decision like, okay, do I keep doing chef authorized or do I start creating my own original content? And I'm telling you, creating your own original content is the way to go, man. It really is. You'll never like, it's, it's it, like, really, it's, it's also like, it's also like talking shit about some, or like whatever, reacting to, to someone, um, is great, but like, it doesn't show what you can do. It's the same way when there's a troll yeah. in your comment being like, yeah. well, I can do it better. And I'm like, well, please show me. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, listen, never, never have I said I'm the best. Yeah. I never yeah. will. I am not. I know, but, yeah. but I know what I can do, but tell, show me what you can do before you talk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. Cause like, I li- listen, I, t- I tell everybody, man, like, honestly, sometimes I edit things out. I, I, I don't waste time. Like washing. I'm not, I'm never going to show washing my hands in a video. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not something or changing my gloves or yeah. like, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? There's certain things it's that necessary. I don't yeah. show in videos because you, you, you need you have a 30 second highlight clip is what is what like you need. Like I look at my, I'm, I'm digging deep into my analytics and it's funny because like all the, all the, the videos I hate making get views. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
like, and I'm skipping the parts that really, um, that really resonate with me. So like, for me, my plan is to just do what I'm going to do is I'm going to film it all and then post the longer version on YouTube in a different playlist. Because like a lot of, I, I, a lot of people are genuinely interested in like, you know, the technique behind certain things, you know? And, uh, and it's Mm. like, I just don't have time, man. You know, like I don't have time to sit here and explain like, the nuances of, of certain techniques, you know, you know what I'm saying? And I feel bad sometimes. Cause I know that some people are genuinely interested, but, um, like the video I'm going to post yeah, today, it's, do it's, you want to teach though? I think that's the question yeah. is like, do you, do you want to be that person? Do you yeah, want to be the teacher of it? Or do you just want to keep it moving? Whatever, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. however you feel it. So like, here's, here's a good example. I'm going to tell you now, because like this, this podcast won't go up until a couple like next week. Right. Casey. Yeah. Next week. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, it local, like in, in Montana right now, what I'm doing is I'm doing a lot of research and development and dude, I'll be honest. I am surprised at the, the amount of fucking produce here is absolutely ridiculous. And the amount of berries and fruit, like I'm actually blown away because when you think of Montana, you think of like fucking cowboys, you know what I'm saying? But there is actually a legit farming and ranching community here, which I'm really trying to, um, I'm really trying to take advantage of. And uh, to, make, to make a long story short, I was doing fishing, right? I was uh, going fishing and like the video I'm going to post today, there are so many steps behind this dish, but I'm just going to post the plating. Like I'm not going to waste time, but I, I caught a, it was pretty much a catch, clean and cook. I caught this trout. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of freshwater fish, but I want to use local ingredients and I want to make them highlight like as much as possible. So mm-hmm. like when I taste it, when I tasted this trout, the immediate thing I was thinking of, like, well, you know what? It, it reminds me of like sardines or anchovies, like with the way it tastes. And like, I made this dish where I made a, um, you know, like almost like a salted cod croquette with potato and roasted garlic. Very classic, you know, but I used the trout. And then with the other trout, I cured it, but in kombu, a little bit of salt, a little bit of sugar. And then I lightly smoked it and cooked it like perfect right like over the the smoke but like i'm not gonna show any of that i'm gonna show just the plating i served it like kind of (laughs) with with a vinaigrette with this actually living malt vinaigrette with a little bit of uh safflower oil olive oil and cracked black pepper so it's almost like you know it's just a plate of uh cured fish that's been lightly smoked lightly cooked and it was delicious it was absolutely delicious and then i i made a an aioli uh with uh roasted garlic as well or wait did i yeah, I think no champagne, champagne and garlic aioli to go on top. But like, I'm not explaining all that shit. I'm just gonna say, hey, this is catch, clean, and cook, blah blah blah, and then move on with my day. But then I'll get those comments that were like, people are like genuinely interested, and it's really difficult to put that in a 30 to 60 second video, you know. But it's it's, so, it's almost you have to do like a series just on that one dish. Yeah, I mean you have to yeah. do six videos, and then and then it gets redundant. So like you can't really win. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's like which one do you choose? That's why I think TikTok doesn't have. I agree. Sometimes I'm like, I don't need to show that because I mean, realistically, like, a they probably won't be able to do it, and b they mm. don't care. But then on YouTube, yeah. I feel like this is where I can actually explain from A to Z, and yeah. I tell people I like, like looking yeah. for it. Yeah, on YouTube. yeah, yeah. It's like the actual yeah. techniques, you know. Yeah, I was like, if yeah. you want to see like these, the I mean, the cake, whatever. Like, it's like a super yeah. like intense cake with like it takes two days to make with all the freezing and everything. And I'm like, listen, this is the, a minute version. You cannot make it just by looking at that, but hey, I've done a YouTube video on it, and then you can yeah. learn how to make it, right? But like, that's, yeah. a, that's a great idea. That's a that's a really good idea. So, chef, let me ask you something. You're you're ca- classically trained in pastry and savory, right? 
So I was always in between, yeah, both. Um, when, so yeah. I started with uh, Savory, and then the way it works in France, after two years, after the first exam, where you only do Savory cooking, you have the option to do another exam or go like into the workforce. Um, or you can take an option, which is pastry. And I was just like, you know what, like... Mm. I want to do that, but I don't want to. I don't want to be like stuck into just doing pastry and then have that like yeah. mm-hmm. staple is a pastry chef. So I, I carried on with the savory, but I was always working with pastry chefs. At the one star was their comi, so like I learned a lot. But yep. I I prefer pastry that I prefer that I that I like savory in a way. Like I enjoy it more. Um, but mm. yeah, I would say my technically in the kitchen, I'm gonna run the savory part and then trust the pastry chefs to do their job. But yep. but I can do it if if somebody's sick. Yeah, I'm the only one who can really take it over. I mean, so Dude, we're 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 the same. So basically, I'm, I'm classically I'm a savory chef at heart, right? Classically trained in savory, but I did something really smart. And when I was, uh, fin- I went. So I dropped. I originally dropped out of culinary school, right? Because I was learning so much on the workforce. And the thing is, is I still ended up having to pay the payment. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let me just finish my degree. And I was young, so I was I just did it. But then I remember, um, you know, being interested in pastry, but my instructor was like, hey, listen, to get your associate's degree, since you already have all the general classes, all you have to do is nine months of pastry. So I went for a dual associate. So I have international baking pastry and then culinary. But let me tell you something. It fucking propelled me in my career to actually know pastry. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now I feel, now I feel like a complete unit because I have sourdough bread down, like, fucking down like i have like no issues with creating sourdough but it took me about a year to just make loaf after loaf after loaf and fuck up loaf after loaf after loaf but now i feel really confident in my skills to be able to bake bread and um i think it's really important for all the young cooks and chefs out there you need to have a know-how within the pastry realm right you don't have to know 100 percent, but like if somebody were to tell me to bake banana bread or a chocolate chip cookie or set up a bakery. Like I feel hundred percent confident I can do it, you know? And, um, mm. it, it really helped me when I was working at Alinea, um, in the pastry, the pastry cook didn't show up for that day. And nobody knew how to temper chocolate in that. Nobody knew how to temper chocolate in the restaurant. And the chef, the chef was like, Hey, it's either one of us sacrifice. And this was what, this was the time when they had the chocolate ball on the table and they dropped the chocolate yeah. ball. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, he's like, does anybody know how to temper chocolate? And of course I didn't raise my hand cause I didn't want to like, you know, be that guy, but he's the like, guy. okay, so, yeah. so it looks like we're all going to have to temper chocolate because it's either one person sacrifices and we help with that station or we all have to do it. And I just shot my hand up and I'm like, I'm like, chef, I know how to temper chocolate, you know? And I have to admit they were tempering chocolate stupidly, man. Like they would double bag it sous vide and then put it in the circulator to bring it up to temp. Right. So they would double bag it, put it in the circulator. And I'm like, you know, honestly, this just makes no sense for me, right? Because first of all, it takes four hours to fucking yeah. melt the chocolate. And then also like you want water as far as away from chocolate as possible. But yeah. this was this was their standard. And I and Don't so but anyway, could I could order a tempering machine. <laughs> dude, I, that's listen. I mean, it was that easy. So it was funny because I like I immediately get a double boiler out and I start melting the chocolate. And then, uh, you know, the chef was like, what are you doing? We don't do it this way. I'm like, chef, just trust me. I'm going to make these balloons. It's fine. Yeah, like, I got this. I know how to temper chocolate. Like, it's fine. And, you know, I set up the marble like and it's funny because like I started fucking slaying it out. Right. And for me, I knew as as like with trained in pastry, you know, for a tasting menu aspect, 
like what other people weren't thinking is like pastry doesn't start. Like if you start service at 530, pastry doesn't start until 730, 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you have this, this wiggle room. So I set up my station and uh, I was in the shits, but like, I remember that day was when it clicked was like, okay, you know what? This was totally worth it. Like to get, to get trained in pastry because I knew exactly mm-hmm. what I was doing. I knew how to temper dark chocolate. It wasn't a big issue. I remember, um, you know, going through that. And then the same thing happened at the next, re- next restaurant. I was working uh, for Wolfgang Puck and like the pastry, the pastry sous chef was baking bread and sliced her finger open with the lane, with the bread lane, nice. right? Stitches, bro. But guess what? She also uh, can't see blood or else she passes out. So, dude, she cut her finger, passed out. And, and like, you know, she's bleeding everywhere. It was crazy. I got her in the chef's office and then like, you know, she's like, it was, it was bad. Right. And she was the only one on the station that night. So like she would cover for two cooks. And so basically, uh, you know, none of my cooks knew how to do pastry. So I was over there and it's like, listen, I'm not stupid. Like being the CDC, like I see desserts go out and it's not, we're not talking about like the thing, the difference between pastry and savory stations is like, you're really not cooking anything in the moment, right? Like everything's just plating yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause like, no, like, dude, I'm sitting over there. Like I know how to spin ice cream in the Paco. Like, dude, it was no problem. Easy. Like I was just like, I just ran through the mise en place. I'm like, okay, this is this. Okay, great. Got to finish baking this bread. Like, and I remember thinking in that moment, like, okay, this is, I am so fucking happy <laughs> that I know what the hell's <laughs> going on over here. Because right now I look like a superhero. That's the thing. And, uh, I, I think that's that's what a pastry does, right? You have that. The reality is a, a pastry cook can definitely handle savory. Like they could jump on the line and help, and they do. But it doesn't work the other way around. Because like a savory guy goes into that session and being like, what the fuck is going on? It's too organized, yeah. it's too precise. There's way too many techniques. Mm-hmm. And, like, and yeah. then, yeah, you, if, unless you understand basics, you have no chance to, to succeed. Yeah. The only thing that I will be honest that I don't like, I'm not a hundred percent confident on is my entremets. I know how to make them, but I'm not like Cedric Gole over here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, you know, like, yeah. And, and, and I, and that's something that I'm going to work on, you know, or like, like Bashor, like, um, you know, Antonio Bashor, like he, is that how you say his name? Bashor. Yeah. yeah. Bashor. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, he, you know, his, the, what he does with cakes and, and a la carte desserts, he's, he's just, he's just a fucking expert. You know what I'm saying? And I met him in person and he's, he's really nice. Um, he's super sweet. Same thing with, yeah. Same thing with Cedric. Like they're both at the top of the game. Like I, I, I think, and then, um, that's the one thing that I want to work on. So I have, I have both books, haven't went through them, but there's going to be a section of my TikTok where it's just all entremets, you know, and I'm going to show the process, yeah, yeah. the good, the bad. Like, listen, I can make all of the stuff. I can make all the stuff that that's required. The thing is, is I'm just not good at the decorating part. Same thing. I know how to ice and I can ice a cake, but like creating, uh, um, you know, making a cake that looks like a sandal or making a cake that looks like a fucking, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever, like these designer cakes, dude, I suck at making, at no, doing I'm, that. I'm but. the same way. I'm the same way. I can't make the entremet. I can't be like the, the actual cake making. Not only I, I suck at it, but I have zero interest. Like some people yeah. are incredible <laughs> at it and then I will yeah. give it to them. But yeah. This is not for me. Yeah, like um, I worked with the chef. Yeah, it's like my one strong suit. That's all. Just entremets. I can't do anything else. I can't do mirror glazes. Can't do any of that bullshit. Entremets though, we cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's 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 
that's yeah. the thing. If you fuck up the mirror glaze, I have three recipes for mirror glaze, and there's one that I like, and it's from Alain Passard, uh, Payard in uh, New York City, and I got it from the chef that used to work with him. And this this glaze is it's beautiful. I'll have to share it with you guys because like, one, not only is it easy to make, but like, I don't know, the addition of gelatin really changes the game, man. Like, mm. before I wasn't using before I wasn't using gelatin, chef, yeah. and like, dude, I, honestly, you set, need to right? shoot. Dude, yeah. yeah, you like it's it's the best way to do it, man. Like and um yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna start working on that because I think that's an important part of like if you want to get to elevated pastries, you know. But um yeah, anyway, going off on the rant. But uh um, those pastries though. Cool. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they have like that uh, no, the, the, the visual aspect that people love, especially it looks really good. Um I can't remember the name of that. Self-taught pastry chef in in uh, in the UK. His name is Sleeping. Um, but anyway, he he makes the most beautiful like entremet and dessert, and it looks just so good. Like he keeps scrolling on his page, right? Because uh, Malar Malar, I think his name. Um, but yeah, it just looks so beautiful on with a good lighting. Can't beat that, right? So like I think for mm-hmm. the, the social aspects, photos and videos, it just works. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna just. I. What I'm really interested in is the individual entremets, like the individual yeah. ones. You know. What I mean? yeah. So That's so uh, full disclosure. Full disclosure, like for sure, down the road, I'm gonna have a bakery of some sort. Like it's gonna be a hybrid between like tartine and classic French, and like I want laminated mm. doughs. I want I want naturally from I want uh, sourdoughs. Oh my and god! I want, like, laminated. Yeah. I, listen, how are, how are you guys uh, on laminated dough? Dude, I think it's so humbling, but like, I'll be, listen, listen, there's, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm working with a butter farmer out here to give me that 88% butter. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. so it's because listen, I don't care what you say. If you do not have flexible butter, you might as well throw Can the whole it. fucking dough in the garbage. You Can throw the it. whole shit in the garbage. Bro, like. It's what it is. I'm, it's, I'm not the, gonna it's, 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 it's the butter. Without the butter, it doesn't, the lemonade yeah. dough doesn't exist. Bro, mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you right now, I tried. I used, um, I used, so I'm, I've made laminated, I've done quite a bit of work in laminated doughs and like my, my thing, do you know that book, The Art of Lamination? Yep. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I was, I was dig, I was digging deep in that. And then like me and um, Sourdough Duffy, Chef Matt, like we were, he was, we were making cro- croissants at the same time and like he made chocolate and I made regular. But like what I realized is that my, my butter was like, breaking off in pieces in the lamination process. And I'm like, mm. oh, you know what? It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. Like it'll be fine. And I'm just like, in my back of my head, I'm like, no, it's not going to be fine. So anyway, I, you know, I go ahead and laminate this shit and I put it through the sheeter and then I could see like the individual pieces cracking as it got thinner. And like, I'll be honest, like I literally lost 40% of that dough. Like, like what happened <laughs> Some, some parts puff up, some parts don't puff up yeah. and it just, it doesn't work out. And then it's funny because I, I, uh, got this special butter. I don't know if you guys know this, uh, the special butter that comes in a, in a block already from yeah, France. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking about. And, uh, let me tell you something, man, game changer. I don't think I would use anything else, but now that I'm in Montana, like the dairy over here is very strong and I'm talking to the, uh, the dairy farmer. I'm like, Hey, do you think you can make me this butter? You know? And it's funny because yeah, she's like, Dude, they have, they're like, what? Like, nobody's ever asked me that before. Like, <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm so, working on it. Yeah, yeah no, butter's like that. I don't ever want to laminate dough ever again. Well, <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I, just, I can't if, do it. If you don't have, well, you can't do it with that attitude. If you don't have a cheater, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
you if you don't have a sheeter, don't waste your fucking time, man. Yeah, I don't know if you, you guys know. Who, I also don't have a sheeter. Yeah, well, right. I've, I've done it during. I've, I've done like croissant video at home, and then I had like Baker from France being like, "You're a lunatic! I cannot believe you made like lemonade dough uh-huh. at home without a sheeter." I'm like, "Yeah, you can. It's not ideal." Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I I agree. You can. Uh, Laura- Laurent Gras, when I was at Saison and we were making uh, laminated dough, and he's like, he's like, if you don't have a sheeter, don't even. He's like, don't even waste your time because, well, obviously, he's he likes perfection, but um, of course. But, hey, hold on. There's a plane going by. Hold on. I can just edit it, Brandon. Don't worry about it. Just keep on, keep on. Going. No, it's it's passing. So I live I live close to an airport. It's like a private airport, and. Um, Dude, I, I really, I really deep down want to have a, 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 one of the small planes one day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I truly believe like later plane. down the road. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to waste time getting a pilot's license, but, um, I definitely want to have a small plane and be, um, dr- you know, driven around because what people don't realize is like, you know, to go from like here, like Montana to Idaho or here to Nevada, or like, you know, it's a lot of people do it in small planes, you know? And I think Makes it's sense. just an awesome Faster. It's an awesome way to travel because you don't have to worry about tickets. You don't have to worry about fucking traffic. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You know, yeah, we got to buy a plane, Brandon. No, you know what people No, you know what people do out here is they they go. Everybody chips in. They chip in <laughs> and they just yeah. yeah. It's like a timeshare. They basically like yeah. if the plane costs if the uh, plane costs. Okay. Yeah. So so they. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And like because. They're, it's it's not only renting the hangar for it and also the maintenance, but it's just it's you're not using it every single day for three hundred sixty five. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. like a lot of people have like, you know, they'll they'll uh they'll go in they'll go in together on a on a plane and just um, you know, like I don't know whether they lease it or purchase it, but I think it's a great idea. I love the Damn. I love the poke, the the Pokemon curtains behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's my kids' room. Well the uh <laughs> the um yeah, the, the the funny thing is, is I just got I just recently got, so I'm by the Wi-Fi router because it's like it just makes life easier. But I will be honest, I just got Starlink, and um, let me tell you something. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Starlink, dude. Fucking light years, light yeah. years ahead. Mm. Man, I'm listen. Let's just to give you an example, like the Wi-Fi I'm on right now, uploads at like anywhere from eight to ten megabits per second, which is fucking slow. Like when yeah. I want to upload. <laughs> When I want to upload footage to the drive to like send to Philippines, dude, a day and a half. It takes like 18 hours. Jeez. Starlink, dude, I'm at like 120 uh, megabits per second. And the upload speed is like a little bit over half of that, like 80, uh, you know, 60 to 80. But man, I'm like, it's crazy, man. Like I'll upload like, you know, 10 gigs of footage to the Google Drive. It literally takes less than five minutes. It's crazy. Like less than five mm. minutes. And it's so worth it. But I didn't want to chance it for... um because uh, the only thing is, is I have Starlink for RVs, which is available immediately, but it, it gets, it deprioritizes your service. So like, you don't have like, uh, like you don't have internet a hundred percent of the time. Right. So that, that's the only downfall, but you know, it's better than nothing. But uh, yeah, so my kids, my kids uh, in my kids room, that's where the Wi-Fi is, the Wi-Fi router. So that's why I'm close <laughs> or else I, I would be dropping out. So what, so, in the so, a little bit. so, so chef, aren't you opening a restaurant? At some point, or are you just still looking for an investor? 
Yeah, I'm literally in the same spot. I had um, uh, like a really strong hit um, with like a main partner, and then when it was we had a place, we we found a space, and when we were about to send the paperwork, she kind of like backed out, being like, "You know what? Actually, um, I can only invest twenty five percent of what I said I would." And I'm like, "Wow, okay." Oh, so, yeah. You yeah, know what? So that was like a there's like a whole month and a half of going back and forth, like in, you know. Having small partners, getting to see, like, getting hyped up for it, for it uh, talking to people about it, and then for everything to to flop. And I haven't had yeah. any other uh, strong hits since. I have like small partners, but like, there's no. I don't want to have like ten people at the restaurant, right? I want to have like yeah. one main guy, maybe a small or two smalls. Yeah. Um, but I was, yeah, that was a big issue. And then like, it's. Uh, I have. I'm talking to somebody in Spain. I'm talking to somebody in Boston. Uh, but like I, ideally, I'd like it to be in Canada, right, in Toronto. But as of right now, it doesn't seem to be to be working out. But like it, it's got to happen, man. Like um, yeah, cooking at people's house is fun. You know what I mean? By like for a hot minute. I mean like yeah, we're restaurant guys, right? Like we need to be in a yeah. restaurant. Um, yeah, and I did an event at a friend's restaurant the other day, and I was just like, oh my god, like I'm I'm alive again. Sick. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, so. I know what you're feeling. Like, listen, listen, Casey is in the in the zone making ramen, man. And like, people don't understand when you're doing that shit. Like, when you are in it, you're just you feel alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's I sense of how many bowls yesterday. I was so happy. I was like, I got yeah. you. Hold on. How many? How many bowls? You how many bowls you saw yesterday? Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Yeah. Damn, son, that's a lot of ramen, yeah. bro. You could ten. That's a lot, an extra dude. employee, bro. You could 10x that, yeah, man. You keep saying you this, it. bro. I only, I only have 288 to go, Brandon. I know, I know. Getting but, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I think, um, well, I'm sure you know this, Roman, but, like, I think the partnership for a chef is the most important part piece of the puzzle, man. You have to have people that believe in you. And I'm telling you right now, like, my the partners I have in this venture, they are fucking awesome. Like, I couldn't, I am so blessed because, you know, I come from Silicon Valley and like people are ruthless and I've had plenty of offers for restaurants. Like I've had the, you know, the CEO of Google, like say, Hey, Brandon, if you, I got the space in Palo Alto, if you want to open a restaurant, like, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Hey, I'll, I'll fund it, you know, but like, you know, but the thing is, is like, not all money, not all money is good money, man. And what I've learned from experience, these tech bros, these tech bros that have like, you know, they have millions just chilling. And the thing is, yeah. is they want to return, they want to return on investment like that. That's the if thing. not, yeah. that's the problem. It's just like, um, you know, in, in my experience, like, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I freaking see if I can vibe with people, you know, the money, like I listen, Wolfgang Puck told me a long time ago, don't put up your own money for a restaurant. And he's like, don't put all your chips in the same basket. You want to, as you are building, you want to have multiple concepts, you know, or you're never going to make money off of one restaurant. And I'm like, yes, you're right, yeah. chef. I know. I, I agree. And then I was like, why don't you ever invest? <laughs> and he was like, I was asking Wolfgang, like, yo, why don't you invest in like your chefs? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? If they want to open a restaurant, why don't you help them out? And, uh, it's just, uh, it would never work out, but with the partners that I have now, like I, you know, I've cooked, so I've cooked at their house like a couple times, um, you know, in like, I've cooked for them over the, since I've been in Montana and like, I've went from, you know, super casual to like ultra fine dining and like just completely have like poured my heart and soul out. And what's really important is they 100% believe in me, you know, and yeah. the best part about it is 
is, you know, chef, they, we were, they're clear, like, Hey, we don't want anything to do with operations. Like not, it's all you, you know, it's like you have the full say, full control in whatever you want to do. If you decide that you want to change the restaurant and you want to make it this, it's totally fine. The best part about it is they are big into real estate, commercial real estate. And I think that's, what's really important. So that's my only advice. Like, um, you know, where I've learned is it's easier if you have a commercial real estate investor, a good example is like, you know, somebody who has the space, for commercial real estate and you, you yeah. want to put the business in there. So yep. basically they like, and it's best if they own the real estate straight out. Obviously it's not ideal all the time because nobody uses their own money. They leverage the bank's money all the time. But, um, I noticed I've had much more success with talking with commercial real estate investors or venture capitalists. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, just keep, keep searching, man. And like, I, I would try, like, I don't know where the most, uh, like, I don't know where the most millionaire billionaires sit in Toronto, but like, I would definitely try to get into a couple of those households, you know, because. Yeah. People- I mean, like, and that's, that's, that's the thing too. Like I've had, like you mentioned, like not all money is good. And, and I've had a couple of people that came in and it's just like, I know for a fact that you have the most money that you want to do right away, but it cannot work with you. And that's, no. that's, that's uh-huh. what I've had. And, and I've had three or four like that, where it's just like, yeah, I, I could have put the restaurant with you. Like it's there it's yeah. on the table but I know long run and I'm the same way I tell, I tell straight away when I meet somebody for a potential partnership, I'm like, I'm not opening one. Like the first one would be fine dining because that's what I've been doing forever. But I want to have a bakery. I want to have a small, like a a French traditional because we need to make money. The fine dining is not going to make us money, but I want to be open for brunch. I want to be in seven days on a traditional and then make money there. So that's kind of like how you lay it out. But that's also why I'm like, you know, fuck Toronto if 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 that's the case. Um, that's why I'm talking to people everywhere because I don't want to, yeah. at the end yeah. of the day, I'm, you know what I mean? Like I, it has to happen. And if people are not willing to make it happen in Toronto, although that's where I want to be, then I have yeah. to be, you know, listening to other people. But I agree, having commercial preferences, it definitely helps because yeah. when you don't have to pay rent or minimal rent, that, that saves you yeah. like huge, right? So Well, well, well uh, listen, yeah, listen. Searching. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny because I think this is important. Like nobody talks about this, but like, I think chefs at our level need to start being more open about what these deals look like, because I got to be honest, I have had multiple investors that currently have restaurants that want me to join and they sell you the dream. They like, Hey, we'll give you your own space. But can I tell you something? If you are a chef, do not partner with restaurateurs that have existing restaurants because you will not have your personal touch on there. Yep. You will not have your I've personal touch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so basically, you, yeah, go on. So, um, one of the, one of the investors in San Francisco, she, um, you know, she invests in, there's like, she has multiple concepts. So, but she likes helping chefs out. So all of these chefs have their own different spin, but guess what, man? Like I, 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 mm-mm, not interested, not interested. You know why? Because ultimately you have a say at the end of the day, like if you want to come in and you want to put, you want to change the omelet, you know, to the Cisco yeah. eggs. And then they'll change like, it. Exactly. I, I, want a part- money, right? so. I, I want a partner that's going to let me be free and, and let me be, use my creativity. But like, like you said, chef, like fine dining doesn't make any money, but it gives you that awareness and the, so, so to open, when, when I open this, dude, when I open this restaurant, it's so funny. Cause I'm going to have one side is going to be chef's tasting menu, Montana driven, um, all, you know, like, dude, the research and development process, I I'm going deep, man. I really have to learn like all of it's, there's so much. Montana is so undiscovered. When you when you type in Montana in the fucking Google, you don't see anything, bro. You see fucking farmland and cows and shit. 
But let me, I did. Let me, I, I did a uh, during the pandemic. I actually did a live uh, with like a not a live, but like a breakfast television from Montana. And then I had she, she was like, "Well, can you cook something from here?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know what you have." I was just like, "Well, like you know, yeah, like you know, cowboy well, ranch and <laughs> hilarious." Yeah. Hey, look, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm like, I'm I'm talking about like having a rancher uh, grow beef for us, uh, wagyu cattle. And, um, dude, he's totally down, but here, if I might cut out for a second, but I'll, but I'll, uh, cut back in. Hold on. I want to show you something. This is, is we're going into his lair. <laughs> might take him a second. So this is why I told Brandon to move over to his kid's bedroom. Cause he usually yeah. does this for like a while. <laughs> it's like the special place. Yeah. 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 Like he has like he will be building, building a studio there soon. Oh, I, gotcha. I think it's in the process. Oh, this. Montana. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Go back in. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. And then I'm gonna go Can back over you? to the other Wi-Fi. But um, uh, check this out here. Ready? So this is my workshop. This is my my little studio kitchen where I'm doing all my research and development. But I want you to look at this, and y'all wouldn't believe that this comes from Montana. I'm going to show you right now. Hold on. Because. See that? Nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm doing a little research and development now, oh, but like. Look at that. Yeah, this is this Montana, Montana, not California, not Mexico, not fucking uh, wherever else the fuck they get berries from. Okay, hold on. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to disconnect one more time. <laughs> but uh, it'll. Driscoll. That's one thing you get is land. It's their shit. Hmm? I said, uh, like Driscoll, all their shitty fucking produce. Yeah. That's the thing, right? When you are in a... Oh, you can still, uh, can you still hear me? No. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a problem, right? It's like the, the beauty about having, going to places with land is you can actually explore. Where, like, yeah, you're in New York or you're, like, in those huge cities, then, then you kind of, like, stuck to whatever is available via shipping, right? I mean, like, for fish, for yeah. example, Ontario has got to be the worst. <laughs> is it literally everything comes frozen <laughs> we ship a lot from japan but yeah. then if you ship from japan it's been traveling quite a few miles a while so yeah. mm. you know i mean so that's always like it's never going to be fresh off the boat right and i and i grew up on the ocean so like i used to cook literally with you go in the morning you pick up the fish and then you go cook it and here it's like yeah. all the fishermen is like oh it's gonna come it's gonna come in a fillet frozen <laughs> and you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's so funny, man. I was just so somebody reached out to me about um, Alaskan salmon fresh, right? Like right off the boat, you know, and 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 then when we got to the DMs, like he, you know, I was like, listen, as a chef, I like whole head on, but gilled and gutted scaled. That's what I yeah. like. And like, oh, well, we actually have these individual packed frozen flash frozen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, OK, don't don't send it. It's fine. I don't need it. I don't want it. <laughs> but he he sends it anyway, and I'm just like, dude, I don't do frozen fish. Like, I don't think you understand. And you know what he had the audacity to say? We uh. we ship to Michelin chefs all over. We ship to Michelin level chefs all over the United States. All over. I'm like, dude, great. Shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, good for you. <laughs> no, you don't. You sell retail, okay? It's fine, but like, I don't I don't like it when vendors tell me, like, when they they like try to make they try to sell me on something that i'm just like it's a non-negotiable for me so yeah. so I, I actually got lucky 
because here here where I'm located in Montana, it's close enough to the Pacific Northwest where I can get super fresh fish. And I'm just like very grateful because I thought that was going to be an issue. But it's there's so there's a company it's called Pacific Seafood. They're located literally less than 100 miles away from here. And I got lucky where they deliver like I'm on the delivery route. And I was just like praying to the Lord Jesus, because if not, you know, it's just going to be expensive. The farther it has to travel, it's the more expensive it is, yeah. you know, and of course, I, I don't. Yeah. And I don't want to be in the like in the loop of like getting something that's like three to five days old. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, it's the worst because it's, problem, not, it's right? not. Yeah, it's not really like the fish is bad. It's just that the way it's handled, like as soon as you get the whole fish, you need to clean it, process it and make sure it's handled properly so you can have the mm. longest shelf life on it. A lot a lot of, you know, fishermen, they don't really give a fuck. They'll, they'll cut, they'll bleed it and they'll throw it in the slush. They'll throw it in the ice water and it sits there for a couple of days, you know, and like anytime, anytime a fish sits in its entrails, it's just like, it just goes downhill from there day by day, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's why, that's why for me, I like to, um, you know, I like to set that standard with the vendor because, you know, ultimately, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with foods in season. Casey, you, well, you foods might in be. season. Yeah. Yeah. Foods. They're, um, they're a really good vendor. Um, and I, okay. man. They do it right, but if you ever have a chance to work with them, amazing. Sorry, guys. Let me just put. No, no, you're good. Uh, sorry, I was getting too many notifications now. <laughs> so what's so what's I up, usually what's get next? them sourced uh, South Jersey. There's like a couple of fisheries that you can get them local. Yeah, but you're paying you're paying like three dollars more to a pound, whatever the fuck fish it is. So, yeah. but it's it, high quality. Yeah, that's what it's the same, right? It's like you want quality, then you're gonna have to put a price. Like I say, at Sui, it's never the, the issue is never the chef, right? It's, it's like we are willing to pay the price. It's like will the customer mm -hmm. will. And I mean, will they yeah. understand? And I feel like with storytelling, it's a bit easier. Um, so when yeah. we get like, for example, caught from Fogo Island, um, east coast of Canada, um, where it's like a beautiful like fisherman, they'll work in the island. Um, they kind of like. Are in auto like auto life. I want to say like you know they they don't they, they support each other, and then when you tell that mm. to the customer, then they're like, oh, okay, that's cute. There's a story, whatever. I'll buy the fish. That's like forty five dollar on the menu. But if you just yeah. slap it on the table, people are like, it's cod. Like what the fuck, you know, I don't want to pay forty five <laughs> bucks for cod. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but it's not just cod. There's a story behind it. So with storytelling, it's a bit easier. But I can go to every table and explain to everybody like there's a story be, be, behind each dish. Um. So I guess that's a, that's a little bit harder, right? And that, that's what I always say. I was like, it's it's good for us to do education and to have a voice on social media as we can talk about not just the food we make, but like where it's from and then like the, the story behind. Yeah. Like, you know, the location, that, the fishermen's, the butchers, the farmers. That's going to be a really important part of my story. And I can't wait to start documenting all of this research and development because that's what my whole my whole social media is going to be documentation. It's going to be all, all of it. Mm -hmm. Like... It's going to be super crazy. And I'm working with a, I want to work with a film crew in well, before we open, like, you know, like three months leading up to when we open. So that way they can follow me around and like, they, we can have a really good trailer and like, dude, I'm working that, that angle too. And it's like, I just need somebody to follow me with the camera and that way they can see all this shit. Cause like, it's really cool, man. It's, it really is, man. I've met like so many farmers and ranchers and like what I realize about Montana is they take a, so much pride in their, what they grow, but they don't like to share it. They like to keep it within the fucking mm. 
You know what I'm saying? So nobody outside of Montana is like accepted. You know what I mean? It's crazy. They're like fucking racist against other Americans. <laughs> it's crazy. Proud. They're proud. <laughs> yes, super proud, man. Like, dude. And I love it, man. So there's a there's one farmer. His name's Brian. God bless his heart. But he raises Mangalitsa pigs. And yes. I love Mangalitsa. The ones. I, they are yeah. delicious, but I gotta be honest, they're almost too fatty. They're almost too uh, fat. No. Uh, no. I, I, they're my favorite. I, I think yeah. it's my favorite breed. I'll yeah. take that all day, my guy. Yeah. So, well, it's a smaller, like, you get smaller chops and all that good stuff. But, like, I love Mangalitsa for charcuterie because the yep. fat content is absolutely amazing. And so, but I was the telling them. So tasty. Dude, they, it, it's good. Like, the Mangalitsa pig I had, like, I, I made, um, oh, what did I make? So, I made, um, what the fuck did I make? I made like a kefta, like a Mediterranean style kefta, but like I used, mm-hmm. I used 80% beef and then I used like 20% mangalitsa and I used the shoulder meat. But like, I'm telling you, like as soon as I picked it up, like the fat started dripping off my hand. It was crazy. It was gristling. Yeah. Yeah. But then That's like, I went, I, yeah. And listen, love I'm, it. I'm mangalitza, so excited right now. Yeah. Mangalitsa like smoked like barbecue style. I made, I made, I smoked the shoulder. I couldn't even keep it in the smoker, man. It was like dripping so much fat. I had to put it to the oven. And then when I, I, so as soon as it got, I got good smoke on it, like, dude, I just hear it dripping on the bottom, like literally like a fucking faucet and it's all the fat, right? So I'm like, damn. And the temperature wasn't even that hot. The temperature was like 250. I transferred to the oven. And after I got finished, like, I swear to God, this thing was like confiing itself. It's crazy. It was like, there was so yeah. like, like Two inches of fat. The best way. But yeah, but let <laughs> me talk my language, Brandon. Dude, it was succulent, bro. Well, to make a long story short, like the conversation that I had with him, he was like, "Hey, I would much rather sell you the whole pig, you know, than just sell the pork chops, the shoulders, the yeah. loin, you know, yeah. because you'll use everything as a chef." And I'm like, "Yes, I know." So, like, currently, mm-hmm. right, growing eight pigs for us, and they'll be ready by, uh, you know, next year. But the idea is to take these pigs and, you know, just do a whole bunch of stuff with them. You know, like I want to do it all, man. But I, I really like the idea of using the shoulders and the uh, the hams to make charcuterie because, dude, when I made Mangalitsa charcuterie, oh, my God, dude, it was fucking delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then ha- having the opportunity, like, so let's say like the eight weeks before you're going to process the pig. Dude, you feed it nuts, you feed it berries, you feed yeah. it all fruit, you fatten it up, you know, keep, you know, I hate to say it, it sounds kind of fucked up, but you keep it penned up, don't let it run around too much. And then you control 100% of the diet. And I'm telling you, the fin- finishing the pig properly, and being able to like have full control start to finish, you know, when you when you say this at the table, or when you're at the table, and you're like, hey, this, this is the farmer, this is the pig, you know, this is what's <laughs> going like, I think that's really important. Like for, for my state, for the steaks, like for the cattle ranchers that I'm working with, like for our steaks, I want to have a tag of like, you know, so like a little, just a little, like, like a little tag that's, you know, that where has, it comes from. Yeah. Where, well, who was farmed, where, where it comes from the age, like yeah. the dry, yeah. <laughs> a little information. That's like, yeah. That's, that's really much like um, every, I would say fine dining restaurant in France. When you're up on the menu, you have like a supplier list and then yeah. they tell you mm. like wherever it's from, like um, how many eight, you know, if it's been aged or whatever. So you have that like even on a the menu, they would just like write like Mark's pork or like 
Edwards beef, you know what I mean? So like, you know exactly where mm-hmm. it come from. Um, yeah. That's one thing that I love doing is just to kind of like pay homage back to, to the supplier. And again, back to storytelling, like I there's nothing better to know that where your stuff is from rather than like hiding it because you're like, oh, this, we can't really tell you where it's from. So yeah. that is so key when you're able to actually even control the diet and be like, no, literally like I chose for the, the pork to have nuts because I wanted like a nutty profile in the dish. Like, yeah, you know what I mean, like doesn't get better than that. Yeah. And then and then also <clears throat> like down the road, we're also looking at creating a butcher shop because, you know, I think that's like the best. I think that's the best, man. Like, you know, being able to control the whole process and have a place to dry age properly. Like I was just telling I was just telling a farmer like there's um so so. When I was in California at Saison, they, um, you know, they were they had a dairy cow, which is an older cow. But once they they're, they're older, right, the dairy cow is like, you know, the old dairy cow. Like, dude, if you when you process this cow and dry age the meat properly, you end up with a super beefy cow, like a super beefy taste. And this taste is un believable if you do it properly like a lot of people just toss the dairy cow towards dog food and like you know regular like hamburger meat and stuff but like i'm telling you right now man i've never had meat that was so good uh from just a regular cattle you know and it was and that's i'm work. i want to work with this dairy farmer when they have the old when they have the older cattles like dude give me one of them you know like and then i want to process this and dry age it and uh you know really really like highlight the fact that hey we're not just using commercial cows here you know what i mean like we're using cows that are like you know pasture raised i think that's important like if i were to take you to the front of my house uh my farmer uh, the the neighbor across the street has a herd of cattle right like it's like we're it's crazy like and sometimes they like when he's changing them on the pasture like sometimes they're like directly in front of my house and i just think it's so cool man like because uh like obviously obviously the last three months a lot of cows have been having babies you know it's like their time to have babies and uh they're so freaking cute, man. Like, but like to wake up to hearing them like moo and shit, it's crazy, you know? Like, uh, it's just, That's it's how awesome. you know you're in the wild. I, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man. He has land. Dude, my, must be nice. What, what, yeah, what's crazy? Yeah, I wish I would take you to the front of the house, but I'll, I'll disconnect. But like, what's crazy is like, if you like take somebody's cattle here, or like if you hit somebody's cattle, like, dude, it's a big fucking deal. Like, you get fined. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like it's crazy. Like if a cow is Someone's walking across, you just fucked up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like like there's. I, I didn't know how much of a problem it was, but like, um, you know, cows will wander onto other people's lawn and stuff, and like people will try to take them. And if you do that, it's like stealing somebody's car. It's the equivalent of like Grand Theft Auto. And uh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, it's crazy, but uh, they take cattle very seriously here. But I, but as a chef, I would be doing Montana a disjustice by not using, um, not using local cattle. You know. It's true. No, absolutely. You oh, have okay, to. Um, you have to respect say, the well, terroir, yeah. Bones, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. I'll take the bones, my guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll pay for shipping. <laughs> I'll pay for shipping. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, I mean, get Berkshire. I don't get the Mangalisa. It's too expensive for me. It's like nine sixty a pound. Yeah. I, you know, you should you should really work with a local a local farmer that raises pigs. There's got to be one in Jersey, bro. Come on. No, no, I am. I, I'm working with uh with the purveyor that does the uh, the Berkshire here and in Iowa. So they have uh, the they have like one of the largest. It's Fossil okay. Farms, and I'm getting the bones specifically from them, and I'm buying the pork from them also. But it's yeah. just like it's just pricing. That's that. 
I was just mentioning to Roman earlier when you before you got on. I was just like, right now it's eight seventy a pound for Berkshire. And I'm just yeah. like, ugh, too you know, much. But you know, you know what, you know what really doesn't fluctuate that much in price is the actual whole pig. So like, if you were to pay for the mm. whole pig, it's you know way cheaper than, and it all it never fluctuates more than you know a lot. Like, I mean, for whole, where am I gonna whole, store a whole pig, Brandon? <laughs> I mean, listen, bro. Where, where the fuck space do I have for a whole pig? Yeah. You're right. You're right. Touche. I got you. Yeah. If I had my own joint, sure. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll process it in house too. Like, fuck it. Why the hell not? You know. But dog, I I, yeah, I saw I the video. I don't have space. I saw the video with you making the ramen bowl the other day, man. And I got, dude, I gotta try that shit, man. It looks so delicious. Oh my goodness, bro. The miso, the miso is like perfected, my G. So I. I forget um, the actual process in Japanese. So you second ferment, you second stage ferment it before I add it to the old one at the restaurant. Okay. It's like so it's my form of miso ish. Um, it becomes my miso. So by the time it ferments, um, and then I add it to the next one, it, it just circulates again, bro. There's this like, there's this tang to it because I, I'm also adding um, like the burnt charred garlic bits in it. Oh my god, bro. I'm just saying right now, my miso is, my miso is preem, preem. Nice. nice, dude. Yeah. Love miso. Anything else mm. we need to rap about? I think we're good. We're good. Um, unless uh, you have any updates, my man, about you? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. man. That was, that was a good episode. I liked it. Not too bad. Again, um, so I would say next week, next week, Wednesday, I'll get the, uh, the episode uh, out and going. And I'll, obviously, I'll text everybody. But for everybody else, again, I'll make sure that I have Roman's uh, updates and links all down below. So you can check them out. Again, Frenchie Cooks everywhere. Uh, amazing guy. He likes to cook chocolate. I keep telling Roman, like, I know, please, no I know. I'll make, I promise you, when I come see you, I'll bring you a dessert that has zero <laughs> chocolate in it. I can so I can do a little chocolate and I'll break out somewhere. But if I had more like like four ounces of it, bro, we're talking shingles, bro. It's like all over my <laughs> well, body. I'm not gonna bumps. do that to you. Oh. I'm not gonna do that to you. Yeah, I'm. It's Damn. not like highly allergic, but I am allergic to chocolate. <laughs> Can't do it. Pretty. Damn, that must. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love yeah. chocolate. It's my favorite ingredient in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could eat it all the time, but. Have you have you made Can't chocolate from the co from the cacao pad? Cacao I will actually. Have I want to do a video. I want to do a video where I make my own tablets. That's on the that's mm. on the deck. Yeah, getting like a yeah. pod and then make like make it. Yeah. yeah, you know what? In, in all honesty, listen, I wouldn't waste time filming the actual pod. Like you can buy the pod and just say, hey, yeah, I'm getting for this pod. But I would get the I would get the fermented beans already, because trust yeah. me, I went through <laughs> and I have a company that you can get them from. I'll send it to you. It's way more user friendly, man. Like if when you get the the bean, like the actual beans already yeah. dried and fermented, dude, or fermented then dried, it's it's so much yeah. easier to make. You still have to peel it. Don't get me wrong. You still have to peel yeah, it, yeah. but like it's much better because honestly, the cocoa pods that they send everywhere you get them from. Listen, all of the good ones already went to they already went to purveyors. The thing yeah. is, what mm -hmm. people don't realize, I, I made this mistake. Once you harvest the cacao pod. You have to process it within 24 hours. That's the problem. So no. once it once it starts to sit in the shell, like it, it goes downhill. So just my advice, I would purchase the beans already fermented and dried gotcha. before you make that. 
it's it's much better too it's much, yeah much better flavors yeah. cheaper yeah. cheaper as well yeah. all right cool everyone yes. i gotta ride but wonderful yeah, yeah. we'll see you next time make sure you go follow chef roman over here and uh we'll see you peace